0: Okay, so let's just start with a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you that Candy could be here with us, and thank you, God, for just her successful surgery. Just pray for her recovery, and we just thank you, God, that you are guiding the hands of doctors and that our life is very precious in your hands. Just bless this time together in the Word, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. While yeah. wallet, Aggies uh, Joy had emergency surgery, yes, bowel obstructions, and uh, yeah. so right. she is uh, recovering. Yeah, I saw that on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, so um, we were talking this this morning about the subject of of just thinking, and how. We can close that door I think uh, how thinking how we 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 are struggling with strongholds and this is what our series has been the last couple of weeks is about strongholds in people's minds it's like a fortress that a fortress of addictions or a fortress of uh, a pattern of thinking that we can't break away from we're like a prisoner to it like a fortress of anger or a fortress of depression or a fortress of of um, Victimhood, or just a fortress of whatever, whatever we can get stuck in in our minds. And these fortresses are built um, because of the bricks of uh, how we are thinking. And um, uh, whenever we have a hole in our soul or a need that's not filled with the Word, the Holy Spirit, body life, uh, vision, Uh, right thinking, then nature will fill it for you. Because, and I don't know who said this, I'd like to know who said this, but nature abhors the void. And so that uh, is true. Like, if you have a hole in the ground and it floods, what's the first thing that that fills? The hole in the ground. So nature, what it does, will automatically seek for a balance. that harmonious, harmonious balance. And so, uh, and And that is what happens in the soul of a person, because the nature of our soul is is that if we have a need there or a deficiency or a hole in the soil of our soul, then our fallen nature is going to rush to fill that with its with its own thoughts, with its own opinions, with its own understanding of how to be fulfilled, and that's where we begin to put idols or things in place of God in those holes and so Uh, And we talked about that last week and again this morning. And so uh, we got on the subject of of speaking about thinking and how thinking is really the key. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, as we have on our graphic here, verses 1 through 6, uh, Paul talks to the Corinthians about strongholds, how we have strongholds. And these strongholds, uh, we pull them down by casting down every thought and imagination that exalts itself against God. And, um, and so really all of our problems are not because of circumstances that we're in. Uh, a lot of times we've heard people say, well, I'm in this circumstance and I just can't get out of it and that's why I'm the way I am, And um, which, is, which is, yes, it's understandable, but none of us or we maybe don't even have the guts to tell ourselves or other people that that really is not true, that we as men and women or human beings in Genesis one twenty two, and I'm just reviewing a little bit this morning. Genesis one twenty two, God said to Adam and Eve, be fruitful, multiply, and, um, and replenish the earth. And what it's saying is, is be fruitful, like be successful, uh, a multiply meaning reciprocate yourself. Um, reproduce yourself um, in in like in your family or in a discipleship or impact other people with the way you think, and so that they themselves are are reproduce. We are just re- reproducing not ourselves but the life of Christ. And, so, and then the third thing is is that be good be stewards of the earth that God has given us. Take and go into the world and. Um, and reign over it. And and I would like to get that exact how he, how that exactly is in Genesis one twenty two, since what it's a, a bit of a a oh, bit of 2 a second Corinthians 10, right? 10, ten one. one 10-1. Oh. Um Oh okay <clears throat> I see. It. Thank you. hmm Check your way
1: out
0: little by little how huh? can God bless them, saying, "Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas. Let the birds multiply in the earth." Um, and this is really actually um, speaking about uh, the animal life. Let's, if we move on a little bit farther, I may have quoted the wrong verse. Um. Here it is, twenty-eight. Instead of one twenty-two, it's one twenty-eight. So, let's 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 uh, correct that. Then God blessed them and said to them. And see, this is really um, when we see God create man. We only this is the first time we see God really blessing anything. He didn't bless anything else, but he blessed man. Then God blessed them and said to them, "Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion." And I think that that's God's plan for the human race. I think that there are governments and um, groups of people today that do not want us to be blessed, that do not want us to be fruitful, that want to keep us in some way subdued or fruitless. And they do not want us to multiply. They want to control population and uh, fill the earth and subdue it. And that's definitely not the mentality of many governments today That that – They do not want us to subdue it. But in the kingdom of God, and I'm not talking about us going into the world and subduing it in a military sense. I'm just talking about us um, being blessed by God to go into our world and subdue it and not be subdued by it in a stronghold. Because when a person's in a stronghold, they're just defeated, and we meet them all the time, defeated people. And we find ourselves like that. We're just like, you know what, maybe you have a day where you're just struggling with something. And you feel really defeated, and that can happen. And so, um, this is where this is where the the change, this is where the catalyst is, or the, the pivotal point, or where we turn the corner. And that is by our thought life. And not to make this overly psychological, but uh, our circumstances are never what never are never what make us. Because men, we men and women. Human beings, we are we are given by God the power to uh, procreate and create. We can we can start a business, we can start a family, we can we can build a new product, we can create a new invention. We we are just creative by nature, and the animal life animals are not creative. They they have to do the same things all the time. And so we have a blessing in our life, and this is the way God wants us to live, and so. The key is thinking, and it's never our circumstances. Sometimes we say, well, if my circumstances were different, and that's not true, because it's not circumstances that make the man, the man makes, makes his circumstances, and I don't want to get into Scientology or the way they think about mind over matter, but there is a truth, based truth to that, that um, the way we think, if we're thinking with God about our life, it's going to... It's going to directly impact our circumstances, without us even trying to manipulate those circumstances. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, I read this the other. I read this today. I think it was today or yesterday that we are not going to. People are not going to. We are not going to be. How did he say this? That um, we are not going to attract circumstances to ourselves because we want them. They are going to, we are going to, uh, the way we think is going to attract um, people and things that are like the way we think. For example, if I am thinking with God as I'm an overcomer, then those kind of people are going to want to be with us. We're going to attract the kind of people that we are ourselves. So if I'm a low information thinker or if I'm a person that doesn't know the truth about the finished work or the grace of God, then I'm going to attract those kind of people in my life. That's why we want to be around people, and I want to be around people that are going to challenge me to think outside of my own my own limitations. And that can be scary, but if you pray, God can do that. And um, and so it really boils down to this: How are we thinking? And um, and we just said this morning, uh, and there was a guy by the name of. Um, James Allen, that wrote a book, As a Man Thinks, and uh, it's a very interesting book. I wouldn't say it's a Christian book, but he quotes a lot of scripture, and um, it's a very interesting book. I think he was the one, if I'm not mistaken, that that made uh, the 12-step program for Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm not sure if that was the one or not, but um, uh, so... In Proverbs twenty three verse seven says, "As a man thinks in his heart, so is he." And the truth about that is, is that we said this morning is that our mind is like a garden, and we can, and whatever we plant in our minds, uh, thoughts are going to grow like little seedlings. And if I'm planting the right seed, uh, the seed of faith, the seed of the promises of God, the seed of who I am in Christ, the seed that I am a overcomer, that I'm that sin has no more power in my life, that uh, you know, when we plant finished work promises in our life, then new thoughts will grow up. But if I'm throwing seeds in there that are just useless, uh, idle seeds that just have no eternal value, but just kind of like uh, neutral mode all day, then uh, I'm going to reap in my mind weeds, and I'm going to have to do a lot of weeding, and, and I'm going to get tangled up, and I'm going to trip up, with all these kinds of weeds, so um, I want to go now to the next thing, the next step here, and I just been thinking about this this afternoon. And I was at Wawa getting a, getting this, and it just hit me this thought. So it's not really developed like the way I'd like to, but I just like to introduce it, and that is, um, uh, what is it about people that like Jesus that had inner content, divine content, content with God? that really was beautiful and very powerful for other people. Do you know what I'm talking about? When you look at a person that knows God and maybe they're not extremely talented, maybe they're not wealthy or maybe they're not really well known but they're just they just know God and they just have inner content, they have character, they have uh they just truly love people and uh maybe they have very hard circumstances but their life touches a lot of people. You know, do you know people like that? You know? I do. And what is it that's so powerful about their life? And these kinds of people, um, I would say, are like the prophets in the Old Testament. They were kind of obscure people, but when they would show up and speak to the king, uh, it would be major. It would just be this huge thing. Nathan came to David. But who was Nathan? We don't really see much of him, you know? We see Jeremiah, uh, we see Isaiah, we see. Sometimes prophets would show up, and it and God doesn't even give them a name. It just said a certain prophet came, and spoke. And prophets like Hosea and other men like that came and spoke to the Israelites as they were building the wall. Nehemiah, you know, these were men that had inner content with God, that had a thought life, that produced power. And um, where do we find that in the Bible? Where do we find somebody's thought life that create that? creates a um an atmosphere around them and i'm not saying about positive thinking because we we mentioned that earlier today positive thinking is when i'm thinking optimistically in a blind way like hey things are going to get better but what do you base that on well (laughs) and i i some of us have a positive personality and some of us can lean on that by default and i can do that i can lean on positive thinking without you know because maybe that's my happy sanguine personality but uh, why why do I how do I say that you know wh- how can I say that well uh, I don't know I don't really know what to be ba- well I mean I could say well people are basically good and that would be wrong because people are people are be, be, people have the capacity to be good but they're but we are having fa- we have fallen natures so well things will be okay because God's in control and now from that point I go from positive thinking I go to thinking with God, like, okay, all things are going to work together for me, you know. If Hitler shows up and we all wind up in concentration camps, (laughs) I'm just saying, like, I'm just joking, you know, then all things are going to work together for me, for good. And I'm going to come out of that situation a winner and not not a beat-up victim. And so um, our thinking really produces, uh, our thinking, the way we think um, will produce... Um, kind of a it's like like it'll produce in our life uh, the power of God and for example like you know how a battery recharges just sits there and it's recharging recharging and recharging and that's like us you know like we need to recharge a lot we need to like recharge sometimes we recharge a lot for days and then we're we expend for an hour and we got to recharge for another two weeks you know sometimes, and, and after a while, our capacity gets bigger and bigger, and we can go. You know, um, we can walk by faith or go farther in the plan of God, uh, more and more. But what I'm talking about here is I'm talking about a word called virtue. Now, the word virtue we use in the English language to describe. How would you describe that word virtue in English? How would you guys define that? What is virtue? Yeah. What, yeah, it's like godliness. It's like godly character, isn't it? Doesn't virtue relate to character and? I was thinking like moral strength too. Moral like strength. Part of, part of it, yeah. Moral strength. Yeah. What else is? What else is virtue? Integrity, right? Proverbs thirty-one. The, in, the yeah, your your belief system uh, that that is. And internal virtue is is really like we see this word used in Mark chapter five, and let's read this. When we think with God, and we 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 replace defeated thought patterns, and we or when we replace those kind of thoughts with uh, the mind of Christ, the way God thinks, then we are building up virtue inside of us like a battery would be recharging. We are filling up Mark chapter 5, verse 25. And we're just going to read a story here with Christ about this This actually virtue is really the, the topic here of the chapter. And it's chapter 5, verse 25. Now, a woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many... Su- had suffered many things from many okay. physicians. You go, man. right oh, okay. I'm sorry, thank you. Right. It's all right, no problem. Take your time. So this woman, she suffered many yeah. things from many doctors. You know, Does that sound familiar? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. is that amazing, huh? And this woman, the kind of condition that she had, she was, by Jewish law, she was not allowed to be in public. And she was actually shunned. And immediately, that's why she came up, snuck up behind him to not be noticed. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, and this is verse 30, I want to focus here. Jesus, n- immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him. In some translations it, say, it may say power, but virtue is the word, gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? Now, that's an interesting thing, okay? Jesus felt the virtue leave him, and this is residual power. The word here that's used is the, is the Greek word dunamis, which is this dunamis is the not only the capacity to do something, the ability to do something, but the strength to do it. It's there. It's like someone who has been weightlifting for for many years, benching. How much does a good weightlifter bench? Just give me a yeah, four hundred. Yeah, it's okay. So maybe I couldn't do that, but maybe somebody does has been practicing and they've built up that that dunamis or that capacity and then after a few years maybe they can still do it maybe not 300 but they can maybe do 220 or 250 I don't know because the because the capacity is still there and so that's the same with the believer that you and I like. that we too um, when we are thinking with God and we're, we are um, uh, planting those uh, faith seeds in our minds then we have a, a growing residual um, power in our life that when needy people or when a situation comes up, somebody can come into your life, and they can have contact with you, and they can actually, in some way, be healed or be changed or be impacted or be loved or whatever the need is. And Jesus didn't even know that at first that she, that someone touched her, touched him. And that's just what I want to say tonight. Very simply, is that um, you know the power in a Christian's life is not my moral energy, or my flashy program, or my style, or what I, what I what my materially own. The power in a person's life is really the virtue that builds up in a person's life. That character that is there, nobody sees it until a crisis comes. And when a crisis comes, the character's like there, and then that person shines. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's really what, that's why crises and trials need to come, because God is revealing... Those people that have virtue in their life. Now, a sinner saved by grace, you know, we grow in the power of right thinking. When we think with God, there, and this is um, this is Romans chapter eight, and uh, let, let's just go go there briefly, and then we'll um, Romans chapter eight and, and um, Romans chapter eight verse five. And, you know, sometimes discouraging things will happen to us. You know, we may have a day where some discouraging things happen. You know, they're not too encouraging, you know. And you may feel discouraged, but it's like at that moment, at that moment we have a choice to make. Am I going to plant seeds in my my thought life right now that are seeds of faith or seeds of God's promises? Because when I do that, then there's going to always be a harvest, and the harvest is going to be really right thinking and um, virtue. And so this is Romans chapter 8, verse 5. It says this, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And so we see here two contrasting things, that those who live according to the flesh have already beforehand set their minds on the things of the flesh. And so people that live in the flesh are people that have just already planted seeds of just discouragement and doubt and fear and depression and carnality and whatever. And it's like our eyes are our eyes are the gate to our soul. And that's why we really have to guard what we tolerate and what we see. And toler- what we tolerate is such a sign of of what we're allowing into our soul. And uh, maybe there are things that we tolerate that we don't even realize the connection between other problems that we're struggling with. We don't see the connection. We don't see that, well, if I am watching violence on TV, then then that is going to affect me in another way, in another area of my life that maybe I'm struggling with. And so... Uh, to be to be uh, to be uh, mindful of the flesh means that we become fleshly. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And so, if we read on, it says the carnal mind is at an enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. In verse seven, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God, but you who But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. And that's us. We're not in the flesh. We are in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And We know that reflects to not only salvation, but uh, verse 10, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, and so on. So the key, and I want to talk about this next Sunday, the key is, is that we be quickened in our mind and our thought life goes from low thinking to the higher road, a high road thinking, a higher level of thinking. Um, sometimes we look at things we are like, you know, oh, I'm just so disappointed. I'm so discouraged, I'm so disappointed that that happened and it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. Well, you know what that may mean? It just may mean that I need to get exposed. Uh, I need to get exposed to. Uh, God's mind more, and what is God thinking on on certain subjects? And that's why we have things in our church, like this thing with the men coming up, and we have these relationship seminars, and we have, you know, seminars in the summer. And that's because we want we want to be exposed to people that, like Pastor Brian Land, you know, I just love his I love his teaching, and I you know he's a guy that really helps me think in that subject. And so, being exposed to people that are going to lift us up. And that's what we're looking for in our lives. People, men and women of God, are going to lift us up out of our situation and not just cast us down, like, you know, to pull us down. You know, there are people that pull us down, and then there are people that raise us up. And that's the kind of people that we want to be with. That's the kind of people that, because we will become like them, because they have virtue in their life. They have a thought process that is very powerful, and it impacts me, and it heals me in a certain way, and it heals us in a certain way. And so... Um, that's, a really, that's a really cool thought. We see this also in the book of Luke, too, the same story about virtue that builds up. And I in my book about prayer, I wrote a whole chapter on this subject of virtue, uh, the power of virtue and what that can do in another person's life. So virtue is more than just character or moral strength, which are good, good definitions, but virtue is a dunamis, the power of God in a person's life that that other people can touch you and come into contact with your life and say, you know what, there's something really healing about that person. Or when I'm with that person, I'm so encouraged in this area of my life, you know. And I think that that's the way we want to be. Um, and i just finished with this. The areas of our life that we feel the weakest in, those are the areas that people see in our life great strength. And that's really encouraging to them. For example, if I'm really weak in a certain area of my life, like I'm not patient or I'm not, you know, whatever it could be, I'm just not good with certain situations. Then, But I'm really trusting God for that, and I'm walking by faith in that. And it's really like every day I'm just trusting God for this. People are gonna look at you and they're gonna they're not gonna see you, they're gonna see the virtue of God functioning. Do you know what I'm saying? They're gonna say, they're gonna say, Wow, you are so patient. You ever have anyone say that to you? Like, like you're amazing, you're like, Oh, if you only knew what's going on in my mind. <laughs> and it's like, no, they don't want it. I mean, that's the flesh. But people, you and I are made weak by the plan of God, and then other people are seeing the powerful virtue of God, and they're like, You're like, no, no, no. And you're like, they're like, Yeah, yeah you you're amazing. And and what they're saying is really true. They're not, they're not, you know, they're not making it up, you know. And they really, uh, but, and that's why Paul said, "Those areas of my life that I'm weakened, the grace of God is strong in." And so that's really just, a, just some thoughts that I was thinking about tonight. And we could maybe, you know, if anybody has any comments or questions or anything that they want to add to that.